Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS power to buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Steve. I mean, Mike. <laughs> and I'm Derek, and this is episode 141. Holy goodness. Sorry, anyway. I forgot who I was there for a second. <laughs> Clearly. You know, it's been so long. <laughs> you weren't sure. Like uh, I was like, am I Who Steve? am I? It's been even longer for me, I think, right? It's been longer for Derek, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. My life has been a shit show, and got things you will on. find out why in a couple of episodes. You will find out eventually what Derek is up to. Anyhow, um, yes, off-road things, things of off-road. Who wants to go first? Derek's going to go first. Derek's going to go. Derek I'm going to go first. Interesting to say. Talk some off-road stuff. I did some off-road stuff. Um, I don't remember where we left off, actually. I probably um, should have researched that. I think the fuel tank. last time you was you just had it taped up. Oh man, then I've got a great story for this week. I feel like um, that's the case because you didn't have any fabrication done last time. I don't think I did. I think you're right. Uh huh. So that's been part of the uh, the craziness is get getting that ready and installed. So okay, so I got the parts cut from Growy. Yes, plasma cut them. I bent them up at work on the 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 brake, the finger brake. Uh-huh. And it did a pretty good job. Um, I had to like shave a little bit here and there because I just didn't guess the uh, bend radii the, correctly. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. you know? So um, they were too close, long? Though. Uh, there were some angles that like, if I put it at the angle that I designed it, like it wasn't quite long enough. So I just was like, <whistles> bent it mm. a little bit further and then shaved off the mating surface. Oh, I got you. you. Know? Okay. And I bought these, um, so benchmark abrasives, I give them a shout out because I love their stuff now. Um, I use their flap discs and cutoff wheels and they make an aluminum specific flap disc. So, cause like aluminum will gum up a regular flap disc cause it's yeah. so soft and they worked really well. Um, my only gripe was that I bought 40 grit and it left the surface like really Ooh, rough. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have time to like order more, uh, in like a 80 or 120 grit, but it works good. Um, in fact, in fact, we use that to like prep the surface to weld it. So yeah, so I taped it up. I test fitted it in the truck, started trimming out some of the, the underside of the bed, not trimming out the bed floor, but like the supports underneath the bed to clear the fuel pump. Right. And everything was fitting well, like 10 times sectioned, like the filler neck and drew, drew the trace on the aluminum, um, and like scored it so that the permanent marker wouldn't come off mm-hmm. um expecting to like cut that with a plasma cutter later and so drove down to see bray nice and i saw snow day on jack stands with some stuff done to it which was cool um and then we spent a good six to seven hours i think prepping and welding that tank together well by we i mean i did as much prepping as i could and then bray was a master tig welder um, and it turned out pretty good. There were a couple other modifications that as we started welding things together, it started to like shift a little bit, um, that we had to like grind some gaps, sm- uh, smaller or whatever. Um, but overall fit pretty well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and you've tested it. So that was part of the, that was another hour, I think on top of everything. So we got it together. We're like, man, this looks awesome. Like, I bet there's no leaks. And we go and (laughs) 
like, first of all, it took us like 20 minutes to just like seal it up. Cause we we're like, I'm like, Bray, what do you got around the place? Like, let's close off the filler neck hole. Let's close out the fuel pump hole. Um, and then I have also like a breather NPT bung hole. That one was easy. Cause I brought the, the NPT plug, but anyway, so sealed all that stuff up and then like put, I don't even know how many PSI, like two or three PSI or something into it. Like very little pressure, but a lot of volume. And then did the soap like you would do on a tire, like soapy water spray mm-hmm. on all the seams. And there were like three leaks, I think. Mm-hmm. So not bad, honestly. And yeah. they were all like in corners where like the weld <clears throat> stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so got that sealed up, um, cl- you know, cleaned off the soap, rewelded those joints. You know, it's, it's nice with TIG because you can just kind of remelt the material. You don't even need to add. You just kind of reflow it. Um, and one nice. of them was around the filler neck. So Bray was just kind of like scooping material. I was watching because I brought my welding helmet so I could like learn a little bit. So I was watching him do this and he was like taking the TIG torch and like s- smoothing out the weld basically. So he would take it and like wow. drag it to to be a little bit wider and stuff. Uh-huh. It was so cool. I'm like, this is awesome. I need to learn how to do this. So <laughs> there's probably a TIG machine in my future, if nothing more than to just like do exhaust and the occasional aluminum. Just learn it. But, Did it uh, end up being very pretty? Be, so that was my, my, the, the welds were awesome. Like Bray did a fantastic job. The welds look fantastic. I'll, I'll upload it to the trail riders page. Um, I go back to the flap disc comment because I have these like really rough scrapes right next to the weld that like make it not mm. so pretty. So when Steve's business starts to die down and I eventually take the oh fuel tank God. back out, I'm going to have you polish this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're down. <laughs> Which will be never. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Just go have a powder coat uh, and call it a day. I don't have time for that. So I mean, eventually. Oh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the fuel tank that was in there was surprisingly not rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it gets like any road spray because it's like completely between the wheels and tires. Yeah, it'd be um, minimal. So, so then, uh, is it in now? It looked good. Is it in now? Yeah. All right, let me get to that. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> it's got to come out one more time. Okay. Well, I have a, um, I have a tip for you. If, if it's going to come out one more time, I have a tip for you. So go ahead. Continue your story. Okay. No, no. So tip me now. Uh, the company shark hide, apparently they sell a pint. I think somebody said they sell a pint of, uh, their product and it's like, so the court is 70 some dollars. I don't know what the pint costs, but if you can get a pint of shark hide, just shark hide that entire tank before you throw it back in. Is that an external or an internal coating? External. Yeah, I looked at this when I got my race lines because yeah. I was like, how do I protect eh. them? And we ended yeah. up on powder coating. I wouldn't have done shark hide on your race lines. That'd have been a, oh. a, that would have been terrible to try to apply. But on a fuel yeah, tank, it's all flat hide. and you really don't care what it looks like. All you need is it to be covered. Um, but I would recommend that. You could do a couple coats on it real quick um, in the course of a day or so. And um, that will basically mm. seal it <clears throat> against road grime. It will just look like new aluminum forever. This there's a review on their website, and of course they have, it's on their website, so maybe it's a little biased. But it oh, says sure. I've used Shark Hide for years on my aluminum boat trailer, and it, it hasn't uh, oxidized at all in salt water. I have used it. There are pictures on their website of a boat that was in salt water for ten years with a like with a one or two coats of Shark Hide, and like a you pontoon? can see no, no, it's a flat bottom. Oh, and, oh uh, it's, but it's aluminum. It's aluminum, yeah. But you could see the bottom of the boat. They had it like sitting up on end. And you could see where they missed when they were wiping it on, where they're, when they're applying <laughs> it, you could see where they missed because where they missed at was black. 
Oh wow! And, and the rest of the boat was still like clean. It is or that or vice versa. One or two one is like wherever it was missed at the the salt had just a, just destroyed it. But wherever it was at, it was still perfect. So it's like worth a brush waiting. for the coat. You have an aerosol. A, you put it on with a. They do have an aerosol. Mm-hmm. I'd go that route. So Thirty bucks. I'll probably go that route. Yeah, go that route. I'll have yep. to see how quickly I can get it because it was supposed to usually come out and go back in tomorrow. Like it doesn't oh. need to come out for long. I just need to modify <laughs> one of the mounts. But oh well, you know what? With an aerosol, you could just do it while it's in there. Honestly, or I could drop it even if there's fuel in it and just cap off. You know, do it later. Yeah, yeah. You could do the bottom side and everywhere that you could see with an aerosol, though. You know what I mean? How tight does it yeah, sit against true. the frame rail? Mm, pretty tight pretty on tight, one side, but you could, you know. The thing is, is it well with an with a non aerosol, I might even be able to get in there better if you can get your hand in there. Yeah, yeah. But or, I mean, I'm mostly worried about like the straps being rubbing it wrong and that that creating oh. more, the most oxidation. Mm. So well, according to Shark Hide, it will never ever peel. It will chip your, flake or yellow. It will never peel f- chip flake or yellow. And I can says that on the can. I guess I don't. I know. would agree. I would agree that that's the case. It's not thick enough to chip. It was not thick. It's not thick enough to peel. Um, and I'm don't think it'll turn any colors. Um, it's super thin. Um, but it is. Oh man, how do I even explain what that? It's stuff? not it's pain. Weird. It doesn't harden, right? It's fully. not. It's not pain. It cures. Doesn't harden. It cures. Um, oh, I don't even know what this out. stuff is until right now. But it's insane. It, the can makes it sound like it's a miracle product. Uh, I mean. It's wild, but if you get fuel on it, it will take it right off. Mm. Like you can, you can take it back off with fuel. Mm-hmm. So like, um, so there's that, but it works really Good well going for a fuel tank. Then I mean, Ooh. it's fine. Ooh, I if I do this, I should take like a Scotch Bright disc and just kind of do a brush. Oh my god, on the whole thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Cause that would, that would blend into the 36 or 40 grit or whatever right. right near the welds. And then yeah. I just stopped. Just go welds. get a, just go get a, uh, a three inch, um, whizzy wheel and just, Oh my God. Like a Raven's trailer. That would be cool. I think you just get a Scotch right pad, like a flat pad and just make up, do a brushed aluminum. Just doing straight lines. I think getting it straight is going to be really tricky. If you want to do a Scotch, right. That bad. If you want to do a Scotch Brite, just go get you some green uh, Scotch Brite from like Walmart in the cleaning mm-hmm. section. Just get one of those. Those are pretty aggressive. And so they'll be easy. Or like to... the grocery store even. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you can get them from like Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, green's a good one. I was I have a bunch of gray. That's the ultra fine. That will Super not blend fine. your 40. Okay. <laughs> the red one will make your life easier. Red, red will be a little bit better and green will probably help hide that 40 grit. Okay. It will not take it out, but it will hide it. Yeah, I know. I won't. I, well, I, yeah, really what I should have done, and I didn't really think about it because I was like, it'll ride is get an 80 grit and just do the whole thing with a flap disc. And yeah, just, it's fine. But, Who's going to see it? You? Yeah. Actually, yeah. the best part about it is the part that faces back through the um, the mm-hmm. holes in the skid plate looks great. Perfect. So, And that's all I'll we just, need. I'm just going to let it ride. It'll be fine. If anyway. All right. So we have a field tank that's welded. Okay. So it's welded. Um, you've tested it. You fixed the leaks. I fixed the leaks. I put in the MPT bung uh-huh. um, at Bray's and I torqued it down. Came back home and I was like, okay, I'm going to fill this thing up with water. Make sure it like doesn't leak overnight just to be like doubly mm-hmm. sure. Because I was like, if I need to put a coating in it, I need to do it now. Um, yeah. And so it didn't leak. I tried. I, I set it up, filled it up. Didn't leak overnight. Turn it outside, 
to like check the other seams, the ones on the top. Uh huh. Let that go for like eight hours while I was working. Flipped it, flipped it, flipped, did every single side, and no leaks. So that was nice. awesome. Um, and in the process, I also got all the like chunks of aluminum out of there that were mm-hmm. <clears throat> from the processing. And um, the best, the best thing that I found to do that because just a shop vac was like not enough to get all the. I mean, it was enough to get all the aluminum pieces, but it didn't get the fine ones like out of the nooks right. and crannies. Took the pressure washer in there, did all the corners, oh my gosh. and then just put a hose in there on like like light mist mode, uh-huh. and then start and then put it at an angle and put the shop back in at the bottom corner. Oh. So it like brought all of the small fine particles down to the bottom, and it seemed to work really well. I don't, I can't like I put compressed air in there after it all dried, and I couldn't find any like particles flying around. So it's cool. Awesome. Hell yeah. Fun tech tip. I don't even know if that's the right way to do it. I'm sure there are better ways. Let me know, people. That's a pretty good way though. It seemed like it was working pretty well. I couldn't think of anything better besides right. like getting in there with a rag, but like there's some sharp points and then yeah. it would leave rag stuff in there. So, or take your finger off or t- well, it wasn't that sharp, but it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully your filter sock will pick up anything before it gets into the engine. I'm sure. The, uh, the hydromat basically the hydromat. Oh, did you put one of those in there? No, no, I didn't. But oh. like the GM fuel sending unit has like a, a section of hydromat that just like sticks off. Oh, really? oh, okay. It's like the same materials, Hydromat, or it's whatever GM's version, I don't or know what version, is, or really. whoever made its version. What is Hydromat? It's like really, it's like a sponge kind of, but yeah, less less dense. Yeah. And what happens is the fuel, due to the surface tension of the fuel, it wants to like wick mm. across the Hydromat. So even if you've got like a teeny tiny little bit. A fuel in the far end of your fuel tank. If there's hydromat going there, it'll pull it to the fuel pump. What? It's pretty cool stuff. I didn't know that. That's wild. It's not. It's not like a full fuel cell As, foam. Right. It's just like that's what mat. I was picturing. But that's the same. But it's the same material. I don't think it's the same material as a fuel oh, okay. cell foam, but okay. it's you know, it's pretty similar. I that's guess. Wild. Whatever the case is, it wicks the gasoline to the or diesel. I guess I don't mm. know if it works with diesel, but um, to the fuel pump. It's pretty neat stuff. So that's if you've awesome. got like a really big flat fuel tank and a pump that's in like the far corner, it works really well to like make sure that you can get every last drop of fuel. How big, how big does it need to be to get it, you know, get it across the tank? Like, does that have to go all the way from corner to corner to corner, the hydromat? I mean, I guess it depends on your fuel tank shape. Okay. But I just didn't know if like the fuel had to be in contact with it or if like there was like some kind of like property that like the fuel was like magnetically drawn. No, I think the fuel does need to be in contact with okay. it. So if you have like a 10 inch fuel tank and it's eight inches of it and you're on an angle mm-hmm. and you're, you've you got two inches engine. where there's no fuel right. or there, where there's no hydromat, it's probably not going to pick that up. But if it splashes on the hydromat, it'll wick up. Exactly. Exactly. And like no car is ever completely stationary. So that's the that's the idea is that you're going to get it anyway, unless you're just constantly doing like a but that's yeah a skid pad. <laughs> if it was just a mm-hmm. if it was just a hose or, you know, a little filter down the bottom in the tank. It would not exactly. if it splashed on it. Okay, no big deal. It wouldn't grab it, but I get it. Exactly. Get it. That's kind of yeah. that's pretty cool. I didn't. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, and the one on the GM pump is like literally like three inches long by like an inch wide. So but it's, it's that it does, splash. It's the splash it's enough, thing. It's the splash exactly. Yeah. So, so even if you get so did you build low, your tank to that exact depth that your factory <clears throat> fuel pump would like sit down at the bottom? It's a good question. Um, on the old fuel pump, I did not do that. I took the like it has like springs to make sure that that like the whole sending unit and pump cup oh yeah touches combo the bottom, yep. touches the bottom 
Um, and so all I did was I took I took it apart. I cut the rods to the right length so that it was it was because it was a little shorter, I think, than mm-hmm. the factory one. Um, and the new tank is a little bit taller than that. So all I did was I took a piece of stainless rod that I just happened to have laying around that was the right diameter, and uh, cut it to the right length, and then just gave it a little tiny tack weld and put it onto the <laughs> the, the rods nice. that go into the thing. And Derek's hand movements are wonderful. He's like doing all these hand movements, but nobody can hear them. Very Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was like an inch, an inch extension, basically. Okay. I put on the thing, so, um, so that was pretty easy. Um, Ray and I were talking because it needs like, um, it needs a four-inch hole, and then it needs a quarter-inch spacer that's like four and a half or five inches. I can't remember how big, and then it needs another plate that goes on top of that to clamp the fuel, uh, pump down or the fuel sending unit down and seal everything. And Bray and I were talking about it because, like, we had welded the top with some internal braces and it warped a little bit. So we were like, do we weld these? Like, it's going to probably warp the shit out of it. So we just decided to just put the aluminum spacer on and I just smeared RTV on it. So that would basically just be one with the fuel tank and it seems to work okay. Did you have uh, that built or did you find something that was already made for it? How'd that work? Um, like the oh, the ring. I just had Growy cut it when he cut the rest of the fuel. Damn, tank nice. nice. Um, and it's it was the same. I didn't come up with the design. It was uh, Cody Bennett, Bennett built uh, down in Texas. He was he's actually he's kind of the inspiration for me shortening my truck is because he was because one of the things that I was not sure about when I shortened my wheelbase was how do I address the fuel tank because I don't really want to put a fuel cell on the bed. Um, and he was like, oh, this is what you do. You get this blazer tank and it fits right behind the axle. And he had he was shortening his to be the five foot eight inch Chevy bed. Mm hmm. And which is like what comes on the crew cab, super short bed, GMT 800 Chevys and GMCs. And um, I wanted to go shorter. So he's like, yeah, it fits perfectly and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. So I bought the tank that he recommended, set it up the way he recommended. And then I, you know, as I'm shorting the wheelbase, I'm like, fuck, the axle's going to hit the, t- like the pumpkin's going to hit the fuel tank. So I had to <laughs> notch it. So my, my steel fuel tank, I notched and I basically took all those dimensions and turned it into this aluminum tank, but it took, about two years and then it started to leak and I um, took all the gas out, acetoned the shit out of it uh, to take out the coating. I used a red coat to seal that tank, welded it back up, put it back in. And about two years later, it broke again. So that was when I made the decision to go to the aluminum tank. Um, it's been four much years. thicker. The welds are really like beefy. You know, you know how hard it is to weld sheet metals well sometimes. So mm-hmm. you, you so showed anyway. that truck four years ago. Uh, yep, 2018. Jesus, actually, COVID, a little more. It was COVID messed it all up. COVID feels like we just lost two years. Just I know, right? It's like, oh, yeah, he <laughs> did that two years ago, right? <laughs> I did a lot in 2018, 2019. I did a lot of stuff because I yeah. shortened the wheelbase in 2018, got all that figured out, and put the doubler in and all that crap. Mm-hmm. End of 2018 into early 2019, put the actually, no, let me start over. Beginning of 2018, put in the 4L80E, shorten the wheelbase, cage, the doubler. Huh? When did you put the cage in? End of 2018 into 2019, I put the cage in. Yep. Got the cage done in April, a day before, not even a day before, really technically wasn't finished, but I, it was mostly finished. Yeah. Drove to Moab, wheeled, came back, uh, got my, got married, 
<laughs> oh, you and then we did more the wheeling. We did more wheeling there in June. You took it to the Badlands and went to Ian's bachelor party. Oh, 2018. I didn't have a then. Did I? Oh, you're right. Yeah, because he got married yeah. before I did. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right, right before you died. I remember um, you showing the cage <laughs> literally, over there. Literally the weekend before you did. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and then at the end of 2019, I put the <clears throat> gear, the gears and locker in the front, I think. 19 was just such a good year. Yeah. Like that just that's just a that year was just great. I don't know about you know, not for mm-hmm. everybody, but for myself. I went, Jess and I traveled all over the place. We did all kinds of traveling and then went out with a bang. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of. You banged. <laughs> yeah. You banged. <laughs> you have a kid. You had to bang. <laughs> right. That. <laughs> and then we started a podcast. That's right. And then Rona showed up. Fucked yep. it all up. 2019 was a damn good year. For 19 sure. was a good year. That will always be remembered. Ah, 19, the last hurrah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it really was every, the last hurrah. Everybody was hitting their stride, and then this just wall just popped up. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. It is. So fuel tank, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Okay, wrap it uh, up. The tank is Talk good. It's not leaking. <laughs> um, the way I'm mounting it is so the old way, the, the way the old blazer tanks, they have this like seam that like folds up and then like a thing sticks down into it and that holds it in place when you put your straps on. Okay. But that was always where it started to leak was right underneath that where the weld was. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to mount the aluminum tank like that. First of all, because there's no seam there. But second of all, um, I didn't want to, I wanted to like clamp it all together instead of like clamping it like halfway. And so, um, I'm just build, I built a angle iron cradle upside down, like Mm -hmm. underneath the bed. Yep. And so that'll hold it in place. Um, so even put like holes and slots so I can put little like sideways holder doohickeys, but I don't think those are needed now that I've got the straps in. Now, my question to you is, are the straps steel? Yes. The angle iron steel. Yep, listening. Angle iron steel yep. and the straps are steel, but I put like a eighth or a sixteenth of an inch rubber, Perfect. neoprene rubber, Perfect. Uh, self-adhesive padding between them. On both of them? Cool. Yeah, on the yeah, cradle. And the, yeah, exactly. On the cradle and the straps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get um, steel against aluminum. Yeah, yeah. galvanic because corrosion. corrosion. Yeah. yeah, galvanic corrosion. You will be, You will be replacing a fuel tank soon. <laughs> yeah I mean that was fun building that let's try it again because I think what happened was I just like I never noticed because the fuel was so heavy when it was full like I never noticed that it was loose until like I drove the shit out of the truck after I noticed the leak I drove the shit out of the truck and finally there was like a gallon or less in it and like I pushed up on it with like a finger and it was like ding, 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 ding. and I was like oh, god really? damn it no this has been vibrating for who knows how long you know and just uh... cutting a hole in it basically isn't that something? I used Gorilla Tape. Ooh, that's a good one. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's a great idea or not, but it's still like that to this day. The original Gorilla Tape I put on that fuel tank when I swapped the fuel tank in Snow Day yeah. to a, a S-Blazer tank. If I just was like, the, I don't have anything. I sold this. Gorilla Tape? That's a pretty know, good idea. The, I mean, the thing Gorilla is, Tape, serious stuff. I spent like two or three layers of it between yeah. the frame and the tank, yeah. and I was like, I don't know. The outdoor stuff they sell, like that, that's made for being outside and stuff like that, it's... I don't know. It's really thick vinyl. Whatever that is. Why are you yeah. talking over me, asshole? <laughs> Trying to Sorry. tell you. Gosh. Anyway, that's uh, that's what I put on the Liberty on the roof of the Liberty when it was all opened up, and that stuff was on there for a year outside the entire time in all the elements. And a year later, I peeled it off, and it never tore. That's like, awesome. I peeled it like you know how like duct tape gets all nasty. Not that oh, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That stuff literally just I just grabbed one corner and just started pulling the whole thing off. 
I was it like, came off that's clean? fucking impressive. It didn't come off clean. It left a residue on the vehicle. Oh, okay. But it never like, it didn't like strand. It didn't turn into strands. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it still felt like gorilla tape and it was still stuck like a motherfucker a year later. That's awesome. That's it was, awesome. It was impressive. I was like, I well, actually that- used, I used gorilla tape to tape up the fuel tank because mm-hmm. I was like, I was putting it in taking it out and putting it in. I was like, yeah. this is going to hold it together better. And it worked. No residue until wow. we started tack welding. Yes. And then God, was, I think it's the heat cycle. Yeah. 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 And actually we figured out like, Oh, if we wait for it to cool down, it still won't leave a residue. Oh really? Uh, yeah. That's or, impressive. A, after one hot and cold cycle. And it depends right. how if the tack was right next to it and turned it black, then it left. It right. For sure. But we got impatient because it takes a while for aluminum to cool down. <laughs> oh yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I built the cradle, <clears throat> realized that the, um, eighth inch, angle iron going across 40 inches or whatever the frame width is was it bowed it up when i started to tighten down the straps so i was like oh. god damn it so i just doubled them up <laughs> i like put in a couple i put some welds on the end and like two in the middle and now they're fine of angle iron yeah of angle iron I yeah okay i should have just gotten like either larger like two inch instead of one and a half or uh like three sixteenths or something like that thick angle iron probably have been fine oh you were bowing the angle iron up yeah, so I was like, why are these see. straps getting tight? And then I, <laughs> I look up in there and I'm like, the angle iron's like, Moo. and I'm like, That's oh shit, it's wild. like underneath, it's like touching the bed now, the fuel tank. Oh that shit, ang- wow. Yeah. Well, it's impressive. only like a half to, inch of clearance, but to like, build angle, or to, but to bend exactly. angle iron is like, you know, it's not supposed to do that. That's why it's angle iron. Exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah. bend, right? <clears throat> well, I didn't really think about it. And like when you're cutting it you're, and you have like a, a 48 inch piece or whatever, you can yeah. like bow it by hand. And oh, I was right. like, mm, it'll probably be fine. It's going to be shorter than that. Is it sitting like V up or is it sitting like an L? Uh, it's sitting like the, it's like, it's sitting like an L. Oh. And one layer is, or one edge, one plane of the angle iron is parallel with the bottom of the bed. Right. Yeah. That's so how I did mine too. The angle iron yeah. is, so the tank sits, be, so the angle iron is set with the L basically facing downward and the tank Correct. sits up in between it. Correct. I got gotcha. you. Yep. You still bent it like that. That's still mm-hmm. impressive. That means right? you, that actually means you compressed the steel on the sides of it. Yes. Yeah. Cause angle iron can't really bend. That's like, well, wild. It, it's more actually. So if you look down it from the side, it's twisting because it's not oh. touching the mount. So it was going like this and then it would start to bow I got up, you. you know, I got you. So, so it, the, the top plane of the angle iron was no longer like, perfectly parallel with the bottom of the bed the edge of the, the ground tank, or whatever the edge of the tank and the mounts where the angle iron is is not sheer correct well um, they're not yeah they're not in the same plane because okay. you have to have some yeah. play right like otherwise it'll just it won't fit yeah i got you so i added yeah. there's like you huh, know maybe wild. a quarter inch of space in the front and back because i added the rubber too not even hmm. a quarter inch an eighth inch i'd have to see it hmm. i'll I see take pictures yeah I took pictures. I'll, I'll upload pictures. So the um, tank is in. It doesn't you leak. You don't have a seam though, right? Because you built the tank all custom. You don't have like a seam to like rest it up against. Correct. Yeah. I'm just, just resting the against surface. the top of the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is ideal. Uh, like the and that wouldn't work on great. a stamped steel one because they're round. Mm-hmm. Rounded corners, right? But this is like yeah, pretty, that's, pretty much I did the opposite of you. I did an L, but the, it sits against the point of the L, like the bottom left hand yeah, corner. Yeah, that's, that's how my steel tank was. Gotcha. And I, just, I just left those cross members because... It would have taken so long to cut them out. <laughs> I just, I just why not a, have extra cross numbers? They'll stiffen up your frame a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just Actually, cut the a one hole. on the, oh, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, I just cut a hole in the floor and just set the tank down in on the floor with the seam holding the tank all the way around and then just put 
I just bolted the uh, the one by one across the top of it, and that holds it all in place. That's you put well, gorilla tape around the open body, though, right, to isolate it. I did not. I just let it. Put in there nothing. It's just nothing. steel on steel. Steel on steel, baby. Stop it. That's mine it, was. Let her rip. It's but fine. Boo. It was also, it was also cracked. You boo. They're besties. Mm-hmm. I bet you if I had done like gorilla tape or something to isolate, it would have. Actually, no. The first time I put in the tank, I did that and it just completely cut through it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the angle iron cut through because <laughs> oh, it was like, the, you know, it was yeah. like a. Not sheet metal. Yep. Mike sharp. has pointing to do. Um, that's funny. Like. <laughs> Here's the thing. If it does cut through it, it's an $80 replacement fuel tank and it's just, it's a stock fuel tank. So yeah, you know what's better is order. not cutting through your tank and not replacing it. I mean, it'd be ideal. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll check and see if it's cutting through it at all. I mean, Maybe. if you got to take it out to put this shit oh, yeah. in, then you might as well wait until it starts leaking. He's not wrong. For me, it was a pain <laughs> in the ass because it was a custom. I had to like, yeah, reseal the shit and spend $120 on new red coat and, Oh my gosh. gas and buy like a gallon of acetone, which is also like 30 bucks, by the way. Now mine, mine is literally, I take four bolts out of the lid of the uh, floor in the back and take the floor, like open the floor up, take loose the two hoses for the filler neck un- and I take the uh, hoses off there and Jealous. then I just pull the whole tank out. That's pretty easy. It's I nice. would not touch mm-hmm. it until yeah, it's something bad nice. happens. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye on it though. I will keep an eye on it thinking about that i don't remember where the points that it's touching at because it's like it's a pretty snug fit when it goes down in mm-hmm. so it's and extra then, sharp too yeah mm-hmm. but it's extra perfect yeah <laughs> extra perfect. how do you know the tank's not going to wear the wear the floor instead of the floor wearing the tank Ooh, you don't but that's bad too you don't want your tank to fall out of the truck well, it's not going to fall out that's for sure it's a long it'll, fall, it'll fall up It'll fall up. <laughs> It'll fall up. <laughs> the good news is you actually probably don't want that happening because you're going to get fueled somewhere where you don't want it. But yeah, it's not. Gonna, though, I mean, it's never it's not going to be like all. Of, well, I shouldn't say it's not, but there's two things that can happen. It's either going to weep and you'll eventually figure it out because you'll be like Mike on yeah. my best party, like high on gas fumes mm-hmm. or it'll leak not so great. bad that it'll all just be like Psh. it's sealed. And so the floor. So the floor is sealed. To the point where the fuel fume fumes can't come in, um, but yeah, but you'll always somebody will always be outside, and you're usually wheeling with your window open. Oh yeah, yeah, but or I you'll smell- put it up on the, like for mine, it was weeping so slowly. Yeah, for a while that I was like, eh, it's fine. Like it literally is just moist on the tank. Since we're like, no dripping. Oh really? Since we're talking about uh, fuel tanks and and weeping and things like that, so one thing I need to do, one of the things that I want to do on this on my rig is. When I built that in 2019 at Mike's house, I didn't have a like an adequate hose to run from the filler neck down to the tank that like mm-hmm. I could just bend, you know, like fuel hose, like filler neck hose is usually pre um, pre-bent, pre-bent and, formed, and and you can't, you can't, you can't bend it on your own. It'll just kink. Yeah. And so yep. I used the like flexible radiator hose. Mm. I use that instead. And so like, that's not a great option because it actually, um, it, it's not fuel resistant. It's porous. Yeah. And it lets the, so it lets fuel fumes through it. Oh, and so hmm. one of the things I want to change it, is that also, um, ethanol apparently will eat through that yeah. radiator hose stuff and start to like get it rubber into your fuel system. It wasn't now, a permanent filler, option. <laughs> not so bad because like it's gas is not sitting against it for a long period of time. Right. Ooh. Well, mine, but mine sits pretty, pretty parallel, like pretty, um, you know what angle you need? Because I have a Gates number for a 45. 
Uh, no, what I want to do is I want to take a couple pieces of pipe and like tubing and have like just buy a couple bent like pre-bent tubing pieces. And I want to mm-hmm. make a steel hose that goes into the fuel tank as well as the um, the vent tube as well. Same. I want to build it out of tubing also. And so I'll have steel. Then I'll just have two rubber or basically um, connectors connectors. Yeah. One on each end. And I can make those out of any fuel hose that I Good want. Idea. And so I want to do that. That's one of the things I want to do. And then the other thing I need to do, and this is something that I could actually, I would like to do sooner than later. Um, I need a fuel filler cap that screws into a stock like Cherokee uh, neck that doesn't vent. I need a it doesn't non- leak. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it, like, it, can vent, it, it can vent, just not leak. That would be sealed. ideal. That's how your EVAP system seals. I don't, well, when what I EVAP put it, system? when I, yeah. Oh, good point. But yeah. Still. Well, when I get up on a real angle, it just pours fuel down the core. Oh, I panel. remember. Yeah. So I need to Wait, get away from that. Here's a question because I, I really like thought about this when I did my fuel tank and I put the vent. Mine's internally vented right now, um, but I have the option to put a vent on it and I put the vent at the front center of the fuel tank. So if I'm on an angle mm-hmm. or driving up the hill, because when you're going down, usually for two things. A, if I'm going down, yeah, fuel will get to the vent, but then it has to go back on mine. Yeah. So it won't come out. And then B, if I'm on a vertical, it's not coming out the vent or the filler neck that way too. You know what I mean? Right. Mine so currently. Where's yours? My currently, my tank has two vents on the top of the fuel tank. They're both on the very top of the fuel tank. They're the factory vents. And so it's mm-hmm. got like a little quarter inch air, like quarter inch vacuum hose that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And At that's it. Right. There, it just right now it comes out in front of the tank. But is it like fr- one on each side of the front? What do you mean? You well, said so they're they're two together. Vents. Where, where so are the, each vent located? Literally on top of the tank. If you were looking at the very top of the fuel tank, I believe uh-huh. they're both like dead center, like driver and on, passenger side corners. Essentially, not even corners, just dead center oh. of the tank. On on one on the left side, one mm. on the right side. So if you if you oh, were, if you split a, so, if you split okay. the tank in half, there would be one in the center of this half and one in the center of that half. So here's something you can do. And then do. they tee together can, and go into one hose. Oh, they do. They do. But does it, do you know if it's coming out of the vent or if it's coming out of the filler hose? Currently, <clears throat> when it when it leaks, <clears throat> oh, it comes out of the filler neck. Where's the filler neck on the tank? Um, it is in the, on the back side. driver's corner. Back side. Yep, that's the problem. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's the, the exact spot. <laughs> yeah, so it's not coming out of the vent hoses. It's coming out of the filler No, neck. no, no, no. It's not filler, coming out of the vent yeah, hoses. It's, it's coming out of either the the filler vent or the actual neck, either of which run Based the exact on what you're same describing, If line. you're driving up, yep. it's, and it's in the filler neck is at the back left, yeah, yeah, back yeah. driver's side of the tank, it's coming out of the filler well, for neck sure. for sure. 100%. Yeah. And so I just need a, I you just need, need to close that. You just need that. a, a J trap. <laughs> <laughs> J trap. Yeah. Just need to sense it. Just put a trap in there. I mean, you could. I mean, <laughs> if I had enough much, room, I don't think I have How much real estate room. do you have? Yeah. Not a lot. It okay. goes, it goes through the floor and goes basically right into the filler neck. I think there might be yeah. an inch or two there. I was going to say, Very if you little. had like uh, a foot or so, you could have it like do a 180 out of the, or 90 forward towards the front of the Jeep. Out of the tank. Oh my gosh. And then do a 180 back up to the filler. And that would, because when you're on flat ground refueling it, that would work. If I really wanted to, if I have the room on the backside, I could take the tank and spin the tank 180. Mm. And that would put the filler on the front right, on the front right side of it. And then I could run, I could build a tube that goes, yeah, that travels the whole distance. But man, filling it up, you'd have 
so much fuel in that filler neck. You'd have a half a gallon in the filler neck. <laughs> hey, extra fuel. <laughs> right? No, it's a 16 um, and a half but, gallon. But then, but then does your vent become the leak point? Um, well, you, the, the both would be the same. Both vent and that would be the same. They'd both travel the same distance. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Okay. But um, that you could easily it. like J, like do, do a trap. Yeah. Or have it go forward and can I just out. can I just put a, a a cap a fill cap that is sealed? Can I just put put that in there? Is that not a thing? Um, okay, the thing is, okay, you guys are talking about all this ventilation with with fuel systems. Technically, right. the vent should only be vapor, and that vapor should be going to your charcoal canister. That's how it would be set up in the OEM. So when I did snow day, I set it up exactly factory. I have the vent that goes to the filler neck because obviously it needs a vent when you're filling it. Then it has that little tiny guy that goes to a hose that's like mm-hmm. 20 feet long. Right. And then it goes to the charcoal canister. Now, fuel should never get there because it's right. on top of the tank. But even if it did, by the time it gets there, you're not going to know about it. That and hose, then it's yeah. still vented and then it never leaks. That hose, the vent hose, I believe on the Cherokee goes into the frame. No, that's the that was the diff. Do you have a charcoal canister, Steve? No, the charcoal canister left when okay. I cut the back end up. Is there is there another vent? I don't though? think I have it. Um no, no, I have the two little vents on top of the thing that would go to the charcoal canister. And uh-huh. then I have the fuel filler neck. Uh-huh. Why is my fuel filler neck leaking? Is my is the gas cap bad then, Mike? No, it, well, okay. Is it made know. is it made to leak yes, like that? It, it should be perfectly sealed. Like because yeah, right. your vehicle is new enough that it had a sealed fuel system and it has like a purge VSV, which is gonna allow the system to eventually, you know, purge fuel vapor or send it back to the engine. Your fuel system, your like wet system should be sealed like in a normal driving condition. Okay, so I have so, a bad But here's fuel my cap. question though, because if you put if you no longer have an EVAP system and a vent to the atmosphere, Steve. Okay. And you put a sealed cap on it. Yes. What's going to happen when you start sucking gas out of there? What do you mean? It would create a vacuum. It's going to aluminum yeah. can like, oh shit. I guess <laughs> yeah, if you, got, you have to have some sort of way to vent. Okay. So I'm wondering so wait, what happens. But the problem is, is when people. You guys are confusing me. When people eliminate their EVAP system and they put just like say a vent vent, then yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it will vent. But also in an, in an application like ours where you're going to be at like crazy angles, yeah, fuel is going to come out of that vent. Like in mm-hmm. a stock application, it wouldn't because your car isn't, you know, driving up a 90 degree hill. Right. Lord, I hope somebody listening to this has an answer to my question outside of fuel cell. I have Derek, an answer. Derek thinks he has an answer. No, I have an answer. Yes, you need to take one of your vents yep. and run it somewhere where it just vents to atmosphere. Okay. Or done. even through or even through a charcoal canister. If you want to be nice yep. and not smell fuel 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 fumes. It doesn't need to have like an hmm. um uh, like evap solenoid necessarily. Can I just Amazon a charcoal canister? I mean you can get one. I mean, literally rock auto. You can just, just go to the junkyard and just grab any. But they're fucking massive. Not all of them. Huh? There's some that are like no. pretty small contain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not like don't take like a V8 one. Get one from a four. I mean, I say like mine's like the size of a coffee can, I think, which I mean, I granted, I guess is kind of big, but I figure you could put it somewhere. Smaller than the one on my truck, but the one, on, <clears throat> the GM ones are nice because you can buy a mount for them that just bolts under flat. I think yes, the Express exactly. Vans had them. But, <clears throat> but either way, much but Here's like, the point. If you take a full tank that has just a tiny bit of air in it and you fully seal that system and your fuel pump starts sending gas out the air. There's, there's no way for air to get in to fill that void. Right. It'll pop if out. you have a really good, well sealed fuel cap, you're going to yeah. start to like Boom. mess things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you're yeah, out, you don't you run out of fuel. And you're like, why am I running out of fuel? Yeah. So you're thinking and on, on the flip side, if, if you fill it up on a cold day, 
mm-hmm. and it, or no, it, no, if you don't even oh, fill it yeah. up on a cold day, if fill it's up on a hot day and it's cold fuel coming out of the ground. No. Well that, yep. and then you fill and then you seal it and then there's an air gap that starts to heat up. Then where does that air pressure go? It goes out the vent. Which goes to the fuel filler. The, the vent no. goes to the fuel filler neck, right? No, the two the, vents, the two vents on the top of the fuel tank go to ambient, just go to atmosphere. Ooh. That's what I was trying to tell you. But that's not how it's designed. That's how you have it set up because you it don't have it set up to go to, It was supposed to go to a charcoal canister. I literally I gotcha. deleted the charcoal canister okay. and now the hose well, just Well, technically goes one of them should go to the, the filler neck because one no. goes to the filler neck specifically so as you're filling you, fuel oh it can God. escape through the filler neck at the same time and the yeah, other and, one should and go it the puts the it puts the gas fumes into the you know when you have a gas filler that has the suction thingy on it like in california and chicago and new york and all the density yes. places and that will kick your thing off well even if it doesn't i don't think that's what it does right but it just sucks the fumes out that come out to atmosphere when you're filling up right oh yeah, yeah i suppose I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works, but okay, I, I now understand, Steve. So you're not I'm actually going to think can your fuel tank. Yeah, so the one by the filler neck is probably supposed to go up to... Because your fuel... Your filler... Your actual filler neck where your gas cap like screws into? Yes. You probably can't. Your it actual has, fuel neck where your gas two. cap screws into should have like a small little tube on the side that goes in. It has And that. it will be sealed with the... So is that capped off? Uh, hold on. Here's a much... No, no. Here's a much better image. I'll be right... I'm going to bring this to you guys now. Since I can't send it. Hold on. All right. Here is an overhead view. So that's an, that's an ambient air. That's to the charcoal mm-hmm. canister. That's to the charcoal canister. That... This is the exact. I can't really hear what you're saying right now, Steve, because you're far from the microphone. One of the holes is for the evap, and one of the vents is for the filler neck. Perfect. Uh, no. Gosh, you guys well, are so hold far on. off. That's how it's supposed <laughs> to be. But you saw that there's two hoses coming out of the fill right next to the filler neck, right? You saw there's a yes. filler neck, and then there's a little half inch. Yes. And the half inch is the vent for the filler neck. That's for the vent for the filler neck. The other two go to the charcoal canister. The other two. That's strange. I I showed you two fucking holes. Hold on. One is a filler neck. One is where the gas goes into the tank. It's big. It's an inch and a half. I I know what he's (laughs) talking about. How many people are angry right now? There's basically four holes. There are four holes. The filler neck, the little half inch guy, which is the vent for the filler neck. And then there's two additional holes. And Steve's saying both of those go to the charcoal canister, which does seem strange. Because usually you just need one, but for some reason Jeep decided two. I yep, they tee together. I don't unless, know what the unless reason. maybe on older Jeeps they had like a return style fuel system, and maybe. one's just a return. The return fuel goes into the no. the return fuel goes into the fuel pump. The return oh, fuel goes into the fuel pump. Good point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know it's weird. Man, that they I don't know. Unless Jeep was actually thinking about like the vehicle being off kilter, <laughs> and it was be. thinking about like always one of those will be open to air, and the other one will be like low fuel. It might I mean, be, it is right. a Jeep. It's designed to go off-road, right? Yep. Trail-rated, brother. Trail-rated. They're like, some asshole someday is going to do stupid <laughs> stuff with this Cherokee. I think we should make it Mobetta. Somebody's going to cut this shit out, put tons under it in 40s, and... <laughs> the engineers were literally it. thinking about that when, it, when they reeled in. They are like, 
Somebody's going to put fucking full-time axles under this thing. It's just going to happen. I, I can the feel The engineers it. were like, we could do this now. And then the ma- the marketing <laughs> team was like, yeah, mm. but no. We can't We can't ensure <laughs> that, so no. 18 people will buy this, and we will be at a huge loss. <laughs> Maybe more than 18, but this is back in 1980-whatever. And so the... And so the the common ground was just putting two vents in the fuel tank. Yep. We could, like, we could we'll tongue it, swap so. it. We could tongue swap <laughs> it. Or we could just put two vents in the fuel tank. They're like, uh, all right. Yeah, we'll just do so two then people get tongue swap it themselves. You know what? Yeah. Makes I wonder, sense. You know what? I wonder if anybody ever ordered <laughs> a custom Jeep with no axles. Mm. Uh, probably not. Probably. Like, I'll just I'll just pick it up at the factory. How the heck the, do you get it on and off the transport? Mm. I'll just pick Train. it up at the manufacturer with the yeah, that's right. with the uh, forklift. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine, dude? Like if you had, oh my god, now I'm just like fantasizing about like I want a brand new GMT 800 with no front suspension or diffs, <laughs> fully coated factory frame, like brand new, no rust, no rear diff. Love it. Or or a three quarter ton that already has the diff I want in it, fourteen bolt. The yeah, three quarter ton comes with a transfer case, transmission, and engine, but nothing else. No transfer case because GM aluminum transfer cases are garbage. Uh, no. Really? If you bought a magnesium. new one, wouldn't it have like a beefy ass transfer case though, like the two sixty three XHD or whatever it's it is slip, now. I don't even it's know a what it's slip yoke now. front. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And you have to run like a slip yoke eliminator, which is fine, but the it's so limited on yoke size to like a 1310, I think, or 1330 or something small. It's a slip yoke front. Yeah. Weird. It's a weird. It kind oh of is. Extended. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of throw, but it's because it's going to, it's supposed to go to a, a mounted IFS diff. So all they yeah, need so to do only is take up the like vibration. Or something. Not even, right? Like it probably like moves in and out like a quarter of an inch or something. So I'm just trying to find. Uh, like a fuel tank to show you guys the double vent thing. And mm-hmm. I came across this ideal off road and they sell an extended range XJ fuel tank. It's literally an aluminum, a fa- fully fabricated aluminum fuel tank for an XJ. And it has both of those vents in it. That's strange that they would have <laughs> kept it. Be Probably. So, so it's a bolt in. It's a bolt in. It's made. Yeah. yeah it's fully yeah, made to bolt yeah. in. Of course they kept it. Yep. They don't want people getting it and being like, what do I do with this extra fitting? This one's interesting. Like, The way that they built this one, it's interesting because it bolts up into the um, bottom with a skid plate that bolts into Mm -hmm. the hitch receiver bolt holes. And then it has straps Hmm. that go over the fuel tank. Interesting. Oh, that was was my other plan for mounting my tank. Uh Because my fuel uh, tank skid like only goes like two thirds forward. Uh, underneath the fuel tank and the, then it gets into the axle. I was like, eh, it's probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. But that's a good, that is a good way to do it because then you can just bolt it up from underneath. Right, yeah, and take the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another picture of that same installing How a Genrite. tank cost? Installing uh, $1,800 with the skid yeah. plate. Yeah. I, uh, quoted, I quoted a custom one before I started drawing it up myself and doing all that stuff and it was like over two grand for the one I wanted. <laughs> it seems like it may be... How much did you end up having in it all said and done? I owe Groey a favor or two. Handy, topless um, handy. But I paid. I paid for the aluminum, which was like four hundred. Don't forget the guy uh, that delivered it. I owe a favor or two. I you I, yeah. I gave you some favors when we drive up to Matt's bachelor party. Aha! Aha! Topless handy. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. This was excited. Thought excited. about the favors. His his. Well, we'll talk about what happened on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the Mike delivered it on his way up. 
And um, then I drove down to Braze and I paid Braze shop rate, which I think was about, I think it was 350 for all of that. Yeah. Um, which I think is too little. Bray, you need to up your prices. Uh, yeah, don't go tell him his prices. He doesn't charge enough. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's I was cheap. like, Bray, give me your, what is, make sure customer. I not only cover everything. Off the street customer price. Thing. Yeah. Like if 10 times somebody you don't know. He's like, this that's much. when you sneak like, still seems low, but that's when you sneak him an extra like $300 and you just like leave it on the workbench. Then he gets all disgruntled. Donate it to his, to the fund. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I, I already did. So, but you can um, do it again. Double down. Do it again. Double down. <laughs> this is what you also, oh, this is what I, I also do that same thing with Bray. He kept printing me 3d printed like RC car parts and he's like, just don't send me any money. And so I just went on grand Fondo and threw some money on there. I was like, fine. <laughs> that's here. the best way. Like that's a perfect way. <laughs> Then it's even tax, I think tax free. Is it 503 CV or 503 C? It probably or, is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. You, I, I mean, if you're under a certain amount, are. just do it a bunch of like, I don't know what the maximum dollar is, but a $5. bunch of $50 donations. $5, $5, $5, $5. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so I think all in all, like just just over a thousand with all the other crap that I added to it. And pretty, pretty good for so a fully you saved a thousand bucks and you got it just how you wanted it. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I replaced the fuel tank straps, even though they were in pretty good shape because they were already bent. You know, um, I bought new hardware, bought a bunch of stainless stuff. So it also has like a, a, a you can do this heat shield, heat shield uh, okay. with some some screw or some threads welded to the outside of the tank, so I can thread in a, a heat shield right because nice. the exhaust is pretty close to it. Mm. So, so fancy, Derek. It's like factory. Dude, I, I went all out on this damn thing. Because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the way I want. And it'll still be half the cost of getting a custom one. Which wouldn't have had all the features that I want anyway. Right. And you know, the you, details you put... The details you put into your rig are what make it so amazing. Because anybody sure. else would have just like was banged it in there. But yours is like done so precisely <laughs> and like just how you wanted it. It's like, that shouldn't even be there. Why is that there? He thought too much about this. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Indeed. if I'm going to like, if I'm going to go through all the work to not put just a regular square cube, whatever fuel tank yep. in the bed, then I, I might as well do it the way I want it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But, absolutely. I'm not yeah. I, 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 I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it too. Like if it was a pain in the ass to do it all, probably wouldn't do it. But ADHD is a motherfucker. Yeah, it is. Holy shit. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't even figure out where, so the tank is in. It doesn't have fuel in it. I also was replacing all of the filler neck hoses because they started to look a little weathered. Um, and I was like, now's the time. Yeah. Um, and then I got to figure out a little bit better way of mounting the fuel lines because they're just kind of zip tied against the frame rail. And I'm like, that's not the right way to do it. Um, so, so I might do the shark hide thing um, when I pull it out again. Then come up with a bracket for the fuel lines. Yeah, I think what I'll do is I have a bunch of those like Christmas tree mount like yep. clip thingies and mm -hmm. I'll just drill some holes in various parts of the frame Perfect. and just mount it that way because that's how the I saw one. would have done it. I saw one the other day. Um, or not the other day. I saw one two days ago on a pontoon boat. It's the same. It's a similar concept. It's just a flat pad with some 3M on it and then it has mm -hmm. a ratcheting uh, round clip to hold mm -hmm. the uh, wire loom that goes down to the depth finder. Mm. And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty. That's a pretty sweet little rig. But it's like, and it's ratchet. It's a, it has a multi-stage like clip. It's like a zip like, tie almost, but like more coarse. Kind of like a zip tie, but it's just, it's just like a, 
it just it's a circle and it just goes it's like a handcuffed it's like a handcuff okay. essentially that's how oh, that's like yeah it, yeah. yeah i know it just he uses it on ha- some of something it's like a half inch wide mm-hmm. yeah plastic so, like yep. tick, 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 tick. and then you can like pry it off and it opens back yep, up exactly that'd be perfect yeah, for nice. your application like you just like a reusable zip tie <laughs> yeah kind of kind of yeah it's a thing coarser. yeah it's a fuel line handcuffed. There you go. Anyway, Mike, did you no. do anything offer? We talked about Derek's offer. His, I, his, his update was the entire thing. I think the name of this episode is going to be Derek got tanked. I undid <laughs> something off road. You what? You undid. I undid. You undid. All right. What does so, that even mean? I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. Last time I visited Bray and we went to the, uh, complete, the place, the complete, complete off road. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm brain fart. I'm having a beer at 9am. Anyway, maybe don't i went up there and and when i got there and then saw snow day i was like oh yeah i've been meaning to delete the egr out of snow day oh and this is the perfect opportunity snow day's not moving so i ripped the ecm out of it and i brought it home pulled out the chip sent the chip to a guy guy deleted the egr i got it back and i put the ecm on my desk in my old house in a nice safe place and now i have no idea where it is oh god oh Oh, god So Bray thinks, and I mean, I don't want to hold him to it because we don't know for sure. Life throws curveballs at you, but mm-hmm. he thinks that my rig might have a cage by Kater Note, which would be awesome. incredible because, you know, I haven't even seen it for a while, um, but also it'd be great to be able to wheel it up there. If I can find my ECM, because something tells me it's not going to run without a computer. Good Lord. Can you put, can you get a junkyard computer and put the EGR back on if it comes down to it? <laughs> You know, I yeah. can honestly probably just pull the computer out of the Chevy because they're both 94s and mm. that one has the EGR deleted and just uh. literally like plug it in and go on my merry way. Okay. I don't want so we to. Have I'd rather option. just find the ECM. So well, I'm you should definitely do that, but it might not be a bad idea to ship Bray the Chevy's ECM <laughs> and have him just plug it in and see if it runs. <laughs> well, I mean, I can install it in like five minutes. So like when I pick yeah, but it you up don't, from you won't know if it's going to run. Yeah, like, that'd, a be, that'd be a problem. You go to pick it up and it for whatever reason doesn't work. And you're, you're like, like, oh, click, turn key. Shit. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess that, that would be pretty terrible. But I mean, I've had this guy do work for me before. He's never fucking anything up. So no, no, no. Fine. We're just talking about like if. Oh, you, if I put the wrong ECM in it. If for like, some yeah, reason. You can't find the one that you had deleted. If see, the thing is, if you ship the one from the 94, the 94 won't be able to move. But um, if you ship him the one from the 94, He'll be able to plug put it in, in and make sure it verify starts. it. Okay, cool. It works great. When you get the truck back, you can swap your PCMs back around and yeah, call yeah, it a day. Yeah, or, or you can find yours, throw it in the 94. Okay, hey, now we're good. But otherwise, oh, you take the one from too. the 94, you show up, and then for whatever reason, some rando, this yeah. wire doesn't pin up differently, um, would be an issue. So, I mean, are you? here's my question. Are you planning on going to Bray's house, loading it onto the trailer, and then driving to Iowa? <sighs> It sounds Ooh, like the right idea. Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah, that would probably be the best idea. It's the well, I mean, only thing is I wouldn't have fenders. The fuel cost. What I wouldn't what? have fenders. Why not? Because like he's he's oh. taking the fenders off, but he's not going to cut the holes for the front fenders. Mm. So it would be a fenderless rig. I'm not sure exactly how much I want to wheel like that. But I guess. Well, well here's another case here's that another I might thing. not be able to wheel fenders either way. You could also spend a day. Yeah. Like, well, how long yeah, do you think it'll take us to cut those holes? Could we, could we just, could you just go get it Thursday, come up to complete off road and we can finish it there at the shop? That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I guess that'd be up to complete off road. And it would and also Patty. be up to your work schedule. And Patty, that's the thing I'd have to and have that day. I've yeah. only taken off Friday. I'd have to take off Thursday. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot. Things to think about. 
you should probably start thinking about those now because we're running out of time. Well, how many how many podcast lists, how many podcast listeners do we know that near, live near Peoria? I know a couple. A couple three. A couple three. A couple three. Just have a everybody come into Brave Shop one day and just pretty solve, sure. No, so, no uh, I feel like the fenders are gonna suck because it's not like you're just like poking a hole through a fender. You have to like gut the inside of it for like the tube to slide over the whole thing as you're putting it uh, on. You could just put fender skins. Yeah. Hmm. But well, no, I mean, it's still mm, bolt on and everything. Mm. It's just going to be a lot of hogging out metal. Is the tube right. is the tube going to go all the way to the bumper? To the front bumper? Uh-huh. Is the tube going to the front bumper? No, it just goes down the A pillar and then down oh, to the frame. So you're only hogging out the back. You're only cutting out a, a stripe out of the back of the fender. Yeah, for yes. the tube to slide. That's not and terrible. One, and then one like weirdly oblong hole on the top of the fender for the tube to come. Mm. Piece of cake. Yep, I think so. I guess I don't know exactly how you yeah. do that cleanly. Give Dave Hansen a couple beers and a sawzall. <laughs> Maybe a body saw. It'll look fine. I want it to be ugly as all hell. Yeah, nah, it'll be fine. It'll look you like a ranger. Dave's <laughs> ranger looked good. <laughs> did he it? Didn't, I don't remember. Do I, haven't seen I don't think he did the cage though. <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't. He would not claim that cage. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway, but here's what you would do: you take like a piece of cardboard that's at the same angle as the fender, nibble it away until it's the right size, and just mark that on the fender and. Bray's got a plasma. You could do it at Bray's place. Maybe. Awesome. And then the backside. You know how fast you could open up the backside of that with a plasma cutter? Shoo. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, yeah, it needs to be about two about inches wide. Here, thinking like, how the hell am I going to make like a round cut in the backside of a fender? I'm like, oh yeah, plasma. Because like, obviously a cutoff wheel is just going to make terrible square cuts until you're there. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be round on the backside. It just needs, it's going to be like two straight cuts all the way down pretty much. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But on the, on the fender, it's going to be not just round, but like Angled. round coming through weird yeah. curved angle. Yeah. You yeah, figured it's out. It's going to be interesting for you sure. That's going to be the worst part for me. Yep. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. to think about that for sure. Well, start thinking about it now and then ship Bray the PCM out of the 94 as long as you don't need to drive it. And then... I mean, I guess I can have two non-running driving trucks in my shop. Well, or or you can get your ass to work. <laughs> yeah. at Bray's shop. You can get your ass out in the garage instead of going to the beer fest day and find that fucking PCM because it's in one of them I'm going to find a PCM. <laughs> Once we get on this podcast, I'm going to go out. It's got to be out in the shop because I've looked everywhere in the house. You it's should do that. It's got, it's got, Spend it's time a, doing that before you pull the PCM out there's of the a, Chevy and mountain of totes in that big bay yeah like, yep it's in there somewhere it's i know it's just i can't believe that i put it somewhere and i didn't like write it down where it was because i was you like this yeah. is important is the whole reason i didn't pack it it was like the last thing i packed i was like i don't want to lose this i need to put it somewhere super safe and so i did the, now i don't know where it in the 08 oh my god you know i thought about that i looked i've looked everywhere like i looked under the is back it, seat i thought about, yeah, yeah, I was it in the chevy under. is it in the chevy is it in the 94 or the 91 or the 91 it, it may be in one of in the one other of the trucks. vehicles You're like you check know what i'll places. put it in one of these trucks because then it'll be by itself and i'll know yes yep check there first that's a good thought we're i'm, I'm gonna we're have not jogging your brain here nothing's jogging your brain like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no nothing nope. yet the thing but is Mike's, i really Mike's thought memory's bad anyway i know Okay, so I had all this good beer and I put it in like boxes and I and it was with the good beer <laughs> and, and I've looked in those boxes so many times it's not there because mm. like I was like, oh, surely if I put it away with this beer, it'll be nice and safe. Who, and like who drank your all. PCM? Who drank my PCM? <laughs> Somebody drank. That's the problem. <laughs> who drank my PCM? That's the name of the podcast. 
Who drank my PCM? Even though people Dave are gonna be so, like people are gonna be so confused. Yeah, we should name it that because people are gonna be so confused for the first fifty minutes. Exclamation point! Question mark. Why is it called "Who Drank My PCM"? <laughs> I like that, man. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, do I update them on, um, on my transfer case? Or do I just leave it for next week? Well, what did it was there anything cool that happened? Um, fifty nine minutes, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. we're at fifty nine forty nine, so we're there. We're an hour. I'll give a quick update. So my transfer case is still in pieces in the shop in the in the war room here on the table. Um, I pulled all the bearings out of it. It's completely empty. I need to just wash it down with some brake clean real quick, and then everything's basically ready to go back in. We looked and looked and looked and looked for wide chain gears and it's just not a thing like you can't buy them new and so i was gonna i was getting ready to order them off of ebay off that company that just sells them they were gonna be here like wednesday i was like yeah okay that'll work and then chris is like wait till morning and i'll i'll see about get them uh if i can get them so chris checked couldn't get them he's like but i did get a year like a, an actual vehicle that would definitely have that you know those particular gears in it and i checked uh car-part.com and there is supposedly a case six miles from you. I'm like, yeah, Max has a couple of cases that are 231 or 233s or 231s. So that's what I was going to say. Like I called Max. I called Max. They were supposed to pull it yesterday or Monday. So I should have a case with potential wide gears in it on Monday. Um, The only problem is that it's from an O for Dakota and it's going to have a flange. It's going to have a, uh, it's going to have a flange for the front output instead of a yoke. And I don't know if there's any difference at all in the way that those, the spline up or, or bolt in or the length or whatever. But for whatever reason, that company that sells them on eBay that sells the wide chain gears specifically says, let us know in the comments. Like when you post it, if it's a flange or a yoke, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I have some input. I have Thank some you. input. That's good. I'm or, glad. I'm glad I said this. About, I have some. I have some input about your output. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, okay. So I don't know about 231s, but when I, I so when I sought out to swap my truck a long mm-hmm. time ago, it had a 246 in it, garbage transfer case. Swapped in an MP241 from a Chevy. Uh huh. And there's like three different configurations, basically. Okay. So the older ones from like the non e shifted transmissions were um a long output <laughs> like what are you doing it's muscling up <laughs> nothing Mike's doing i'm just saying hands. the non-e shifted ones were the best that's all i uh, yeah, was muscling up actually the 241s are better on the e shifted but they're compatible um okay slightly slightly better so um, but it doesn't not really strong the e shifted ones. anyway the, uh-huh. they're not e shifted transfer cases they're transfer cases that were floor shifted for like a 4l60e or 4l80e okay but anyway, oh, I digress. Got it. I digress. So the 241 from like the 88 to 93 or 94, um, which I guess did work with e-shifted transmissions for a while, uh, had a long output flange front output. Okay. Rear outputs are all slip yoke. All of them. Same yeah. 32 yep. spline. Right. The 95 or 96 and up came with a yoke. Really? And there were, I think, maybe in 88 and 89, a short output flange because they were using them. I don't remember why, hmm. but they're all compatible. 
Actually, I think it's from no, it's the two hundred eight actually that has the short output front flange. I want to so, say so. so the two forty ones were all a long output front flange. No, I'm confused. So what's the difference? You just said two hundred eight. Two okay. <laughs> two hundred eight. Two. Oh my god. Two hundred eight was a short output. I know. I, I'm trying to remember all this from memory. So give me a break. Two hundred eights were a short output flange, but it was a different spline count than the two forty one. That's why the two hundred eight sucked. Uh, 241, 32-spline front and rear outputs. Um, and the early 241s had a long output, and the late 241s had a yoke, short short output. Could you swap so a yoke two. onto the flange? If you output. swap them, you have to also swap the front output shaft. That's the problem. Yeah. So if I get a 233D with a flanged front yoke, and it's different, then I can't use it with my new drive shafts. Probably. So that is However, the current here's problem the other I have. Thing. So I'm going well, to no. waste $150. You, on, some people have, because the flange <clears throat> output shaft is more splines than the yoke. Oh. I know that some people have put a spacer behind the yoke and then use the same output shaft, but it doesn't work the other way, obviously, because you can't get the nut on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the 231s are like that. And also that screws up your drive shaft length anyway. So you probably All right, don't so want to hold do on. that. So what? If Steve got a transfer case out of a different vehicle that was that set up with the wide chain, does that mean that one of them would have had the correct yoke in the front or the correct so here, output, basically? Here's the thing. On the 241s, and I remember this because I had an old and a new style. On the 241s, the chain gears are compatible with both output shafts. Hmm. So all I did was rebuild the transfer case, which I had to do anyway because I did put a different input shaft in. I rebuilt the transfer case, put the new input shaft in and the new front output shaft in to work with the new yoke. I don't know if the 231s work like that between a Jeep and a Dodge and so on and so forth. So maybe somebody, one of the listeners might know, um, but I don't I have mean, the answer for you. Steve said it's out of a Dodge. Like, How different could it be from the Jeep they're owned by the no, same it's company? To be at the same same. Time. Everything's supposed to be the same. The 233D internals will go right into a 231J. The problem I'm concerned with is if that front output yoke, the front output yoke is a one piece with the sprocket and everything. There is no taking that apart. Oh, you can't just slide the pieces apart. You cannot just take the pieces off. That that sprocket is the front output shaft. Mm. Oh. The driven, yeah, the driven sprocket is the uh, front output shaft. Wow, that's an expensive, like piece yeah yeah right to and, not just be a shaft to have a shaft right. machine into a fucking sprocket like, gear. <laughs> no no not the yoke the gear the chain gear oh the right? gear right yeah. oh yeah that's weird why yeah. the hell would it be that way uh, is it like raised it on or is it all mm, one piece one piece i believe i'll go out here right, i'll take I mean, a picture I mean, and show is it all machined i think it's all machined how oh, that's an expensive that's crazy. Piece. Or, or cast and machined maybe maybe was it um, cheap or for transfer the case? machine the whole full transfer case is like 125 150 well, that's pretty cheap. That's not yeah. the end of the world if you had no. to get another one, but it would still suck. Yeah. Well, you could so, sell it too. You could sell it. Yep. Yeah. You could sell it. Transfer cases for 04 Dakota. That's pretty common. Somebody wants Perfect. it. Um, anyway, I can do that. I, I just need to figure out that. You know what? I was just thinking to myself. The only reason that I that I absolutely need wide chain gears or sprockets is because on the drive side that's on the intermediate shaft. So the drive side of the, the sprocket, the drive sprocket. Um if the chain walks on that sprocket, it will get, it'll come into contact with the, uh, with the shift ring. And I didn't mm-hmm. want that. So honestly on the driven side, um, there's nothing there. So if it walks on that input a little bit, 
it's only a quarter inch, it's eighth of an inch either direction. If it walks on that, it's not the end of the world. I see what you, you know mean. What I'm saying I could run my small side yoke. I'm not going to gain any strength out of it, but I can throw it back together and it should be you fine. Sh- you should probably put a spacer in there. A spacer? To keep it from moving front to back. How would I do that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, get the, hopefully get the one of the listeners knows and maybe you can do some more research on this. I, you, I can't imagine you're the first person to do this. I am nowhere near the first person to do this. I'm the first person to do this and not have the right transfer case to do it with. Oh, All okay. I need is the correct transfer case. Um, What's the correct I just, transfer case? Probably an older 233D or a 231D. A 231D I think would be ideal. Oh, so this is too new of a transfer case. This transfer case is too new. I got excited when Joel, or Joel, sorry, I'm reading a text message. When Chris, um, <laughs> you don't, ha- you still, you don't have to buy it still, right? Uh, I mean, I don't have to buy it. No, I could just be like, oh, thanks for pulling that out. Thanks, bye. Well, I mean, <laughs> say, just don't say it like that. Be like, hey, take the, I take don't the know if this will like, actually uh, work for me. Yeah. I did some more research on this. Yep. Maybe he know. maybe Max knows. Uh, maybe he actually did ask me. He's like, he asked a couple questions about it. And I was like, I need a 233 D-1. He's like, okay, cool. He wrote it down. He's like, I'll check and make sure that's the right transfer case and let you know. Um, but I think I looked and I think the uh, I think he won't crack it open for you though. They right? had another no, and I don't need it cracked open. Pull the front input yoke or pull that pull that output yoke off and slide my yoke on. If it goes on, yeah, it's that would good. be the best, right? Um, so here's here's what I was saying though, because when you yeah, damn it, because it all it'll always affect your drive shaft length. But the, I have enough slip. Shafts. I have enough slip to play with it. Oh, do you? So if you like, okay, if it's a half so an inch, you, I have enough. If you had a spacer made, oh yeah, and you you have to RTV it because oil can still come through the the oh the splines or whatever, oh, but. If the spacer was made and like machined to a nice seal finish and it stuck out past the front of the transfer case, mm. fuck, you could even have somebody TIG weld it potentially. Oh my God. To take so up, much fucking take work. Up, well, <laughs> yeah, it would be. Or but just it, buy the right be, transfer case. You'd end up with a stronger transfer case and, uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Why? Oh, and the right yeah. output. Yeah. Without having to tear the case down. So I'm pretty sure like the two thirty. Chris is going to call uh, them Monday morning. I'm going to call Max Monday morning and see if they got it pulled out. If they haven't gotten it pulled out yet, I'm going to say just put a hold on it. Yep. I, here's here's something easy. They don't have to tear it apart. They could pull the yoke off, yeah. measure the distance from the case to the they threads could, and the splines. They could just literally tell me if it's a flange yoke or not. Oh. I, I already know it is. A 2004 came with a flange. Then Then yeah. Yeah, I already know. Like well, I already know that part. But my point is, so I call you, them. you know it came with a flange, but you don't know if the front output shaft is different than yours. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. So if if, if he takes the, the flange yoke off, measures the length of the threads and the splines, and then you do the same on yours, or yours is already in pieces, so you'd have to kind of put it back together-ish and measure. Yeah. You can determine if your, fl- if your yoke will work on that or not. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. I, as long as... Yeah. Before they ship it. Saying. Now, I don't know if they'll do that. They're not shipping. I'm going to pick it up. Or whatever. It's at max. Six miles away. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought this was in Dubuque. No, 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 no. This is at max. Oh, I can just go. I can just shit. Go. Yeah. Oh, just go, go yeah. pull it off yourself. Yeah. Right? Shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just one of them things. So, Steve, your front drive shaft isn't, isn't a flange, huh? It's like you joint bolts into so, a thing. 
So it I'm keeps on that weird double card and that it like has a U uh, joint that bolts into yeah. a yoke. Yeah. Bad. Flange is nice because it's so easy. That's what my rear so one easy. My rear one's been converted to a flange. Because it's SYE. Because it's a two thirty because it's a thirteen fifty. Slip yoke eliminator. Yes. Oh, the Jeeps didn't have a slip yoke, did they? This they might did. be a dumb question, but I know you're talking about your front draft chef being compatible. Could you literally just get a flange and bolt the U-joint to that flange and bolt the flange to the flange? Did they make a U-joint, like a, a flange to double card and U-joint <laughs> adapter where it like bolts on? <laughs> I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying makes sense? Like, I know just, what you're saying. Uh, just I don't know how you would think. Yeah, it's got that. a little half circle on the yeah. flange and the yeah, U-joint goes into that circle, and bolts on. You just bolt four bolts and you're done. Oh my God. So is that not is that not like super easy to do? Get your, get your Dremel out. <laughs> <laughs> get your five-axis machine so, out. So no, I'm saying if you use the new Dremel. transfer case output that is a flange, then you get a little flange adapter. You're done. Hold on. I'm looking at. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at Northern Drivetrain right now. Actually, you I'm, should email them, or maybe Chris knows, but yeah, if, they, if he doesn't. Northern um, Drivetrain has been like crazy. Actually, they might be able to answer your transfer case questions too, honestly. They might be I, able to. They're not a sponsor of this podcast, but I have spent many a dollar on them with them be- before I knew about Complete Off-Road. And they're yeah, very I was say, I just call Complete Off-Road. They probably know the answer. So I'm looking, on, already, so I'm looking online right Chris, now. Though. A 1999, oh, wasn't sure, huh? a 1999 Dodge Dakota front drive shaft is not flanged. It has a 1310 U-joint. So, I need to call Max and see if they got that pulled out. If they didn't, they have a 1999 Dodge Dakota with a 5.2 with a 5.2 in it and it has a 231 transfer gaze. Done. There so you just go. need to do that. Redo that. Like, if it's got a V8 and a 231, it should be the 231D and it's probably going to have a wide chain in it. I'm going to call them as soon as we got the phone here, see if they're open. If they are, I'll check and see if they got that done. And if they didn't pull it yet, then I'll say, hey, let's switch gears. Let's pull this one instead and try that. I don't, I don't think they're going to switch the gears for you. <laughs> Transfer case puns. Boom, boom. All right. Are we done with this one? Are we done with this episode I and going to move so. to the Patreon? Is there any announcements that need to be made or anything <sighs> like that, Stephen? I ordered sackets. I spent all of your dollars. Oh, no, I didn't spend all of your dollars. I spent all the patrons' dollars. Never mind. You guys just disregard that. <laughs> but if you're not a patron you should be becoming one because yeah. it's fun and you can get cool swag oh and you can be in the chat group where you can find new friends and like get really addicted to seeing what everybody's up to and listening to three conversations at the same time yeah and 180 messages in about one hour yeah but you can turn it on mute like everybody else does and just yeah, pop in and true. out when you want to get in there and out and then you got like 60 people that you can ask like questions to oh my god when i ask a question in there i just get like bombarded with answers and i'm like ah but it's (laughs) they're all usually pretty good information except for the smart asses yeah well you know you're gonna get those in that group a lot of smart asses in that group you sons of bitches yeah sons of bitches um the fuck was that let me show you uh oh now i got it let me show you anyway we better wrap this up. It's getting bad. <laughs> Caffeine's kicking in for me. Is it? You Mike's falling asleep. I don't have any caffeine. Mike's no, I was looking at my phone. I, I missed beer. a bunch of text messages. I was trying to get back to them. I realized oh, we're shit. podcasting, but you know, I was pulling with Steve. Hey, yo. It's okay. Okay. I'll hold down the fort. So. No, no, I'm done. I'm good. Um. Yes. 
Uh, check out the the partner companies. Do the do the things that we tell you to do every week because that's where you should do. Go check out Complete Off Road five six three five eight three five three six three. Call Chris. If you need anything for your Jeep or your rig of any variety? Maybe you like Chevys, like the other two guys on here. Um, <laughs> go to go to uh, Crawler Off Road for any of your off road recovery stuff. Check out Off Road Anonymous for any of your fabrication needs or organizational garage organizational needs and check out more Flate for your inflation and deflation needs uh i'm gonna ask if you guys have any last words but i already have last words so oh, if you have but i have last last words. I, no, I'm just kidding. you do do you have last words no no i have last words no, if you have great last words go for it man so well, he didn't say they were great mike if, uh, if let's hear your shitty last words if your vehicle has hydromat in the fuel tank <laughs> and you're getting low on fuel shake the fuel tank <laughs> just yes. get out and just rock your vehicle a little bit and, and then, then you, you can, can drive that, home. or you can just hit the brakes or just kind of like wiggle the steering wheel side to side kind of you know just do one just of those wiggle little, the steering wheel just side give her a little jiggle home just on that on the fumes give her a jiggle, jiggle jiggle hit some brakes <laughs> yeah jiggle jiggle did you say commence the jiggling commence the jiggle what is that from aqua teen hunger force I yeah that's from aqua teen is it oh, really? so oh good God. Anyway, I have some last words with that now. information. If you're too young to know what Aqua Teen Hunger Force is, watch it. We'll get you on the trail. clowns <laughs> yes <laughs> should right. i stop recording or are we just you think that the kids these days would get aqua teen hunger force i don't, I don't know. even know if i would get it nowadays honestly melon I'd be like, i'm too old for this you guys ever listen to mc chris like his his actual stuff dude i actually saw him in person <laughs> what <laughs> you're fucking up my christmas business <laughs> <laughs> I want candy bubblegum and taffies skip to the sweet shop when we see hard sandy got my penny safe so i'm a sugar daddy my Dude, god. I came to the Canopy Club in Champagne. Me and oh Mike Stark. Oh my god! Oh, you told me that. I remember you telling me that. Now, yes, it's so Fuck. good. <laughs> it was wonderful.